This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to go inside the front office of the athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. The David Force Show on every single week. David, thank you for uh, taking the time to hop back on Ace Cast Live. What's up, Chris? How are you? Well, we passed three million downloads, David. You think when we started this thing and we had zero to do that so fast? Obviously, your show, the Bob Melvin Show, are all big parts of why we've had such great success. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about that, but it, it's a great number. Congratulations to you and Cody. You know, we were just talking about MLB Network. So you guys as, as executives, do you have like shows, baseball shows that, that you like watching? I definitely do. I, I don't know that I should reveal that here, considering I, I heard who you were talking about right before I hopped on. But um, But yes, I definitely have shows I enjoy on the network. Yeah, because it's so different. Like when you first started – You'd walk into a clubhouse and it was just on ESPN. And who knows if ESPN was talking basketball, or normally talking football. But now you go into a clubhouse. It's like now after 10 years of this network or 11 years, whatever it is, it now gives us something to watch for just us baseball people who just want to consume baseball. For sure. Yeah. We, I mean, when we're, you know, back in the days we used to work in the office, uh, we always had the network on. It's always on in our clubhouse. Uh, you know, particularly in the evening here on the West Coast, they've got, uh, you know, the, the, the late show on showing highlights and the guys at the desk talking. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of all you see now. It's, you know, I, I dare say ESPN isn't on that much in any clubhouse at this point. You know, when I think about Bob Melvin passing Tony LaRussa, and, you know, I've had this debate before, and people will say, well, Bob hasn't won a World Series, and, and, and that's fair. And, you know, you got Dick Williams, a Hall of Famer, one, two. Uh, LaRusa got the three, one, one. But what Bob, Bob hasn't had three MVPs. Bob hasn't had two Cy Young Awards. Bob hasn't had three rookies of the year. Bob hasn't had the highest payroll in baseball or a top five payroll in baseball. So, yes, Tony was great. But when you say the circumstances of what Tony had back in the day to what Bob has had to deal with, it's not apples to apples. No, it's not. And and here's the thing. Like I, I wasn't around when, when Tony was here. I haven't I haven't worked with him. Um, but I, but I've been around a number of managers. Uh, there, there's no doubt Bob is the best manager that I've worked with. And there's look, there's an art to this to this thing that he does. And um, you don't you don't stick around as long as Bob Melvin has. You don't have as much success as he does if if you're not the, one of the best at what you do. And uh, and certainly passing. Passing a guy like Tony is more evidence of, of how good Bob is, uh, what he does. And I think you got to realize as a fan that today's manager, today's head coach, whatever sport, you got to not only manage down, but you got to manage up. 
You're going to have to deal with the owner. You've got to deal with the front office. It's just it's what what cost Mark Jackson his job with the Golden State Warriors. And Steve Kerr comes in and Steve Kerr got it. And the next, you know, they're winning championships. You got to be a great communicator. And especially with your players, your players got to trust you. Talk about that relationship that Bob has with everybody in the organization, especially the players. Yeah, it's it's been well documented over the last couple of weeks for sure, leading up to to win seven ninety nine. And you know, Andy McCullough, I think, wrote a, a really nice article in the Athletic that had quotes from a lot of players who played for Bob. And and it's it's pretty pretty unanimous. It's pretty universal that these guys these guys enjoy playing for him. And it's because all those things you just mentioned. It's the trust. It's the communication. And um, and managing today, no doubt, is different than it was 20 years ago. It's different than it was 30 or 40 years ago. Uh, players are different. The media is different. The, the whole environment is. And, and one of the things about Bob is he has adapted over the last 20 years since he started managing in Seattle. He's adapted. He's adjusted in a lot of ways that, that have allowed him to continue to be successful. He's very superstitious. Are you superstitious? <laughs> I'm not. He's he's superstitious enough for all of us, so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, like, are there only certain times he he can call, or you can call, or if you go into his office, do you have to sit in the same spot in the couch every time? Like, how does it go? You know, he doesn't uh, he doesn't push his beliefs on anybody else, which is a great thing. So, no, but you you see the way his lineup cards lined up on his desk and where the pen is and, and what candies are laid out for that night and all the, uh, you know, all the little nuances that, that make up Bob's superstitions and, and who could, frankly, who can argue with the results? Yeah, I know. It's, it, it is. I, I, it's hilarious because you know, Korak interviews him back in the day. They always did it at different spots in the dugout and, and then he'd do the same thing with me doing his show. It's uh, it's just really funny. You know, uh, some guys are, are going well. Like you look at Matt Olson right now, Matt Olson's going really well, but the other guy at the other corner, Matt Chapman, isn't, what are you seeing with Matt Chapman? Why do you think he's struggling so much? I don't think Matt will ever, ever use his hip as an excuse. It's just not, just not who he is. Um, but I, I do think there's something in the fact that, that you, you kind of have to get almost a year away from that surgery to really be, you know, be the same guy. And, and, you know, that again, you know, it's not science. There's not a, a time that says, Hey, this is exactly when, you know, you've got the same explosion or, or ability to turn on a ball, but I just think I just think we're still waiting for Matt to be back at 100% after after going through that surgery. I think, you know, the defense has been great. Um, we've seen bits and pieces. He smoked a few balls in the last two series that he didn't, you know, didn't have anything to show for them. But um, you know, I, look, I, I don't think there's anybody in that clubhouse who doubts that that Matt will get back to being the, the player he was. Yeah, I can't wait to see that because if you can you imagine if your 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 entire offense kind of got rolling together now with Elvis's hitting, uh, you know, obviously with Jed and Matt Olson and your outfield, Mark Hanna's been brilliant, um, and hopefully getting Ramon back. But if you get a guy like Chapman going again the way he can, can you imagine? I mean, what would that what would that be like for your offense? Yeah, it's it's something you know we saw it briefly during that 13 game stretch where, you know, a lot of guys were, were swinging the bat. Well, Jed kind of carried us Holy and Canna and Ramon were all swinging. Well, it's just, it's kind of what we look for every year is to finally get sort of the offense all going at the same time. And that's how you, you put a streak together. So, 
you know, up until now, you know, like you mentioned, it's been sort of one or two guys carrying the load. All these swung the back great well of late, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think our sort of MO here is as the season gets going, as we get into the warmer summer months, the ball carries its Coliseum a little better. I think we're all confident that the offense kicks it into gear at some point. You know, obviously Ramon Laureano, we, we talk about his toughness all the time. He did not want to go on the IL and he did everything he could. Just how tough was that thinking that you might be getting him back and then you realize, yeah, we got to make a move. Yeah, he made progress there for a few days. And when it, when it came down to just, you know, going out there and, and running and doing the things he needs to play the game uh, at 100, 100% the way he does, he just wasn't ready. And, and we know it's a long season. We, we need Ramon for the long haul. So we're, we wanted to take care of this thing now. Um, but, you know, that's the deal with Ramon. He's going to play hard. He's going to run into walls. He's going to bust his butt down the line every time. And um, and we, you know, we got to keep him on the field to make sure that uh, that we get to benefit from that. And it's just tough when you get one of those injuries like growing or hamstring where, you know, rehab is important. But the number one thing is you just got to rest and rest. Is yeah, it just it takes time for sure. We've seen that with a number of injuries. It just it takes time. And, and Ramon's like that horse in the starting block. You just got you got to hold him back. You can't open that gate too soon. Otherwise, he's, he gets away from you. So. Um, yeah, we're gonna we'll, we'll keep them down for a little bit, but hopefully this isn't a long term thing. All right. Well, finally, baseball. We've talked to you uh, about this one time, and now baseball's finally come down, and they're now threatening that if they find foreign substances on the baseball, that you could get suspended for ten games. I, I, I don't know. How do you address this? How do you address this with your players? Are you going to address it? I, I mean, I mean, we're, it's all new territory for all of us. Yeah, and we look, we've been proactive in, in prior years and very much in spring training this year about uh, letting our guys know that it's not something not something we do here. It's not something that, um, you know, the league is going to ultimately look kindly on. And, yeah, it just, it's kind of gained steam over the course of the year. You and I, like you said, talked about it early in the season, and it was, it was going to come to a head at some point because, uh, because it's out there and, and we've seen the effects of it. So, um, you know, our guys, our guys are aware of the rules and, and how they're going to be enforced. And I, you know, I, I sort of look forward to, to baseball stepping in and, and taking control of it. Now, for me, I, I kind of look at it like if it's a day game and I'm using copper tone and they say something to me and I'm like, well, hey, I'm scared to get skin cancer. I got skin cancer in my family. I'm just putting on sunscreen. You're going to try and suspend me for 10 games. I just think this is going to be really, really hard to police. I, I think we all know the difference between putting sunscreen on your arm and having a stash of something in your gloves. I, 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 don't, think any, I don't think anybody's asking guys to go out there without uh, sunscreen covering themselves. But uh, that's the thing. This, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a small thing out there. So I, I don't think anybody's going to get mistaken one way or another, depending on what they're doing. All right. The, is the phone been uh, working a lot lately? Is starting to work the phones with other GMs? Um, I, I don't know about a lot. I think it's, you know, I think we've talked in the past. June June first is that date when, yeah, when you start making some calls or you start getting some calls. But um, but yeah, there's there's a ways to go between now and July thirtieth. So uh, we'll we'll take our time ramping up. You know, I, I some people would say, well, if you got a guy. 
around this time, you'd have them for much, much longer. But is it harder to do a deal early than it is later on as you get closer to the deadline? It, it, it is. I mean, the, just the sort of the fact of it is that there aren't there aren't a lot of teams yet who who know if they're in it or out of it. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of season left to play. You've got a lot of teams who uh, aren't looking to, to signal to their fan bases or, or anyone that they're kind of throwing up the white flag. So that's why trades just don't get get made in June for the most part or, or this early for sure. So that, you know, everything in this game happens when there's a deadline, whether it's, you know, you look at everything from, from arbitration to CBA to trades, you, you put a deadline on something, you got a chance to get it done. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll check back around the last week of July and see how it's going. You know, it's funny that, you know, these writers got to put something up on their websites, whether it's the athletic or ESPN or whatever. So now they're linking people to teams. I'm not going to ask you about these guys because I know you can't talk about that because of collusion, but you know, there's, there's players who this is, you know, their contracts up at the end of the year. So those, some of these guys are going to get traded. Now, back in the day when we were growing up, David, teams always wanted to acquire that big name guy and they'd give up prospects for that big, big name guy, even though he was a rental player. But nowadays you see a trend where you guys don't want to part with your top prospects for a rental player. Just talk about how the game has changed that way. The, the conversations have definitely changed. And, uh, the trade market, the the environment around uh, around making deals and including you know younger players or money or whatever it's yeah it, it's all sort of adapted to the times and uh, you don't see deals the way you did ten or fifteen years ago where where uh, an organization is willing to give up three or four young players and um, you know it it just you have to get creative and find a different way around it if you're looking to make trades. We've we've been on the buyer side recently at the deadline, been able to make some deals. And, um, you know, it's it's again, it's about the relationship, it's about the trust with another team, and and you know, you you focus on what you're getting, not what you're giving. But but no doubt, it's 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 more difficult these days to make trades. Are there? And you you're not going to name them, obviously, but are there some teams that you kind of dread dealing with? No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, they're just teams that, that are an easier conversation than other teams. But no, uh, you know, look, there's only 29 partners out there. You can't uh, can't cut anyone out. Cut anyone out if you're, you know, you're looking to keep all your options open. So no, there there are teams that are easier to talk to. There are relationships that are better than others. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, everybody's looking to get what they want. So uh, there's no one out there we dread dread talking to or dealing with. Well, let's end on this because you were just on a scouting trip and we were just talking with Chris Rose about how the talent 30 and under in Major League Baseball, the athleticism, it's just brilliant. You know, when you're watching a Fernando Tatis Jr., it's just this this kid has so much talent. When you're when you're out there scouting right now, are you seeing that athleticism? Is there more that, you know, the travel ball kids who are so experienced? Do you see another wave of great young athletes coming to our game? I do, and, and I think you know. I think the guys who are in the big leagues now are uh, are indicative of the kind of talent that is that is playing baseball as kids. It's coming through the draft or coming through the colleges. Um, I mean, this draft in particular happens to be pretty deep in high school position players. A lot of a lot of whom are great athletes, middle of the diamond type guys. 
um, and who've been a lot of fun to watch over the last few weeks. So we'll see how, you know, we'll see how the first round and, and the draft itself plays out uh, in, you know, whatever it is, four or five weeks. But, um, but there, are, there are a lot of great athletes out there playing baseball. It's fun to see. And that's the game you're always going to play with these high school guys. I think like Nick Allen, because I, I, I grew up with Nick Allen's mom and his aunt and uh, know, know the family. His dad's my uh, our family uh, restaurant contractor, if you believe that. Uh, so Nick, Nick Allen signed with USC. That's the dance you got to play to make sure, hey, if I'm taking this kid in the first round, I got to make sure that he'll take the money and not go to college. For sure, and we had it. We had it with Tyler Soderstrom last year. We had it with Austin Beck a few years back. Um, all those kids, you know, they they have these commitments and and well earned to to great colleges and great programs. And you know, that's what we rely on our our scouts for to to know the kid, know the family, and and what the interest is in signing. And um, you know, the guys that, that you and I just mentioned, we we were lucky enough to bring them into the system. Uh, I'm sure you saw Nick's highlights over the last couple of days playing for Team USA. Uh, you know, Tyler's getting hot for Stockton, had a couple homers the last few nights. So it's, it's exciting when you, you get an athlete like that at a young age and can bring them, bring them into the system and develop them as, as an Oakland A. Well, no matter how much money they were going to give you, you were going to Harvard. <laughs> you know what? No one offered me anything, Chris. Nobody? So it, 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 wasn't, uh, it wasn't a hard choice. I, I think you made a pretty de- decent decision going to Harvard. It worked out okay. <laughs> Great stuff as always, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Chris. I'll see you. David Forrest, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.